and he scores! Oh, what a play by Travis Konechny! Bounces to the line, kept in, Katerian, he scores! Can you believe it? Sean Katerian! Welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz, here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Here's Brian Smith and Bill Melzer. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. I'm Brian Smith, joined remotely by Bill Meltzer today as we continue to process the news of the week. Flyers general manager Ron Hextall was relieved of his duties on Monday by Flyers president Paul Holmgren, and there was a press conference on Tuesday morning in advance of the Flyers game against the Ottawa Senators, so a lot going on there but really not a lot affecting the current team on the ice per se. So uh, before we get into all that stuff and uh, everything that pertains to the game coming up in this uh, week ahead for the Flyers, we'll just get into the uh, whole situation here that this uh, franchise is in now with a definite turning of the page, if you will, on philosophies and you know, what might be coming down the pike here. Uh, to start out, Bill, let's just get your thoughts on uh, on, on everything that transpired yesterday. Uh, you know, kind of your your initial reaction, and uh, you know what, uh, what what's come to mind is you've had some time to to think about the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my initial reaction was the same as everybody's. I was pretty stunned when the uh, when the announcement came down, just simply in terms of being you know the, the timing of it of a quarter of a way into the season. You know, you more frequently see that uh, with other sorts of changes, whether behind the bench or a trade or something. Um, you know, and, and uh, I mean, Hexy had, had uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think people need to understand is that, that uh, as a team president, Paul Holmgren is actually pretty hands-off with the general manager for the most part, having been a general manager himself. Um, you know, and, and I think for, for quite a while there, they were, you know, on the uh, – more or less on the, on the same page in terms of a need to, uh, you know, to revitalize the farm system, to, to acquire draft picks, to free up some cap space. I mean, all of those things, Ron Hexel did a tremendous job at, at doing. Um, I mean, where the, you know, where the so-called philosophical differences came in is, uh, well, I mean, the Flyers last year coming off of a, a 98 point season, um, you know, they, they, didn't play especially well against the Penguins, but yet they were one period away from taking that seven games with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And okay, so where do you, you know, where do you go from here? And um, you know, I, I, I think that Ron Hextall and and um, you know he or rather rather Paul Holmgren wanted to see more aggressive steps taken in terms of in terms of adding pieces right away. And now the Flyers, you know, the Flyers, let that be said, you know, they added James Van Riemsdyk, which, which is a huge piece. But I think that there were there were other issues going into the summer as well, other things that, uh, you know, potentially could have been addressed. Um, penalty killing being an area. Um, you know, there are concerns over goaltender injuries. Uh, Michael Neuver's injury history being what it is. And, and uh, Brian Elliott coming off of, uh, you know, core muscle surgery and being – being 33 years old, you know, I, I do think these are issues that uh, were out there this summer that that uh, Hexy was certainly aware of. Um, need for a third line center being being another one, and um, you know whether the price wasn't right or they talked to guys who decided to sign else or whatever, you know. But I mean, the other than signing JVR, there there was, there was you know which is a which is an important step, but there were other. I think there was a feeling that other things, other steps could be taken. 
and um, you know, I, and I think that um, ultimately there has to be a middle ground between where uh, the Flyers, you know, they they had that period of contendership going from the worst season in franchise history in in 2006-07. A year later, you know, through a very aggressive rebuilding program, the uh, Flyers reached the conference finals. Right. Two years after that, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, then they had what I think a uh, 108 points uh, went went around the playoffs. 103 points went around the playoffs. You know that window kind of closed uh, when when Chris Pronger had his uh, career-ending injury, and Kimo Timonen was getting up in years at that point. You know, so that was that was kind of that window of time. Now, mind you, on those years, the Flyers are adding pieces of the puzzle, and the, the price of doing that. Uh, rather than subtracting pieces from the, the roster, you know, they're signing free agents, takes up cap space, right? And they're, they're trading a lot of picks and prospects. So, you know, when Ron Hextel came in, uh, he set himself to, you know, fixing the fixing the farm system and, and improving the cap space. And and I think that uh, the organization, you know, above him was, was very much on board with that. But then I think they got to a point where, okay, you know the uh, farm system has been replenished, and the cap space is there. You know, maybe be a little bit more aggressive in, in doing that, and, and you know, in, in taking those next immediate steps. And um, you know, uh, and Pexy was adamant about his vision, and and you know what, a general manager certainly has the right to do that. You know, that that's the he wanted to stick with what he was doing, adding adding through youth, and when he felt that the team was ready, that maybe he would make that move or two you know I so what I started to say is that I think there's a middle ground between the between the two extremes right between the extremes of where you're you're dealing a lot of picks and prospects and the extreme of that's a uh, you know that, that's a non-starter even if it even if you potentially could help the team for maybe not just this year but for a, a year or two beyond that so you know I, I think that that's maybe uh, you know maybe where the breaking point was and what they'll be looking to do going forward will be some kind of a middle ground between the two. I know you've had a chance to uh, you know, take a look back and a listen back to the press conference today. Was there anything that came out in the press conference that particularly caught your ear as far as uh, you know, some of the uh, you know, reasonings given behind this? There was a lot of stuff that, quite frankly, Paul Holmgren wasn't willing to discuss given the fact that um, you know, all this stuff is going to be out there and uh, didn't want to reveal any organizational plans one way or the other, whether it's uh, players going in or players coming out, but uh, just wondering what your take was on the discussions uh, earlier this morning. Well, I, I think that um, you know, I mean, I, and I don't consider it necessarily a surprising thing. You know, I, I, I when it, whenever a general manager comes in, it, it's standard practice for the GM to be the guy who makes the decisions on coaching and personnel. So I knew Hexy wasn't rather rather Homer wasn't going to touch those areas. When you know when that was asked, and I mean that's uh, that's going to be the purview of whoever is hired. You know, he'll make those decisions. So, you know, I, I think that that didn't surprise me. I, I think that that was the that was the truthful answer. That'll be whoever is brought in next who will make decisions as to whether you know they'll, they'll evaluate the farm system. Who will be the guys who uh, will be considered core pieces who would be untouchable or almost untouchable. Who might be the guys who you might be willing to move in a deal? You know, who might be some guys you would possibly bring in at the, if, you, if it costs you a first-round pick? You know, uh, who might be some guys on the current roster who, uh, you know, who 
might be guys you might want to move in a trade or, you know, and then there's other decisions as well that, that, that you know, understandably would not be discussed, such as, uh, well, you know, a decision has to be made on Wayne Simmons, for example, as a potential potential impending unrestricted free agent. Um, so really, I mean, the, the, the gaps that were filled in this morning were more in terms of, you know, how much of it was how much of it was Homer's decision versus a, you know, versus a, a business-driven decision from, from you know, Comcast Spectacor. That question was answered that it was essentially Homer's decision uh, with Dave Scott's support. Um, you know, I, I think that that was, that was put out there pretty, pretty explicitly. Um, the timetable for hiring a coach, or rather hiring a general manager, you know, they, they said that'll be a matter of weeks rather than months. So, you know, that whether, that's, uh, whether that's by New Year's or not, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I mean, I think that's, that's a, that's a fair question to ask. And, um, you know, and I, so I, you know, I think that just the, the real basic parameters were, were what was laid out today. And I mean, to me, I'm just interested to see how is this all going to play out? And I, the other thing that I think, uh, you know, that was interesting that was said today was in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of Dave Scott expressing a willingness to, uh, have the team spend up to the cap ceiling if that's what it takes. So you know, that's not just a trade thing. Sometimes that's uh, sometimes that's a free agent move. Sometimes that's a, another team that's looking to move a salary of a useful player. And you that's so it's you know sometimes sometimes in those deals where you're you're taking on cap space and you're taking on term, you know you can get a useful player and not necessarily the highest return cost because you're taking on. You know, you're taking on the, the salary piece of it. You know, I think I think Hexy, to some degree at least, was reluctant to tie himself into the term and cap it. And I do think that's something that was pretty explicitly said today that might be one of the avenues of change that we might see. And, and finally, you know, on, on this particular segment of it, just want to get your take on uh, the order in which things went here. Obviously, there's... Uh, a lot of fan support out there for a coaching change, and uh, come to find out in, in discussions today, uh, obviously it seemed that uh, you know we haven't heard from Ron Hextall, but uh, you know it would appear that he was uh, at, at the very least at this point satisfied with the uh, job the coaching staff was doing. Uh, Paul Holmgren kind of doubled down on that this morning, saying that he thought that given the uh, injury situation and uh, everything else the coaching staff is dealing with right now, uh, that uh, you know, he thought that they've been doing a, a fairly good job given the circumstances. Uh, did it strike you as a surprise to see a GM change before a coaching change, or has it become apparent that these are just two completely different things that happen to be being discussed at the same time? It, it surprised me to to some extent. Uh, you know, I thought that it, that if if the coach was the issue, right, I, I think that the change would have been made simultaneously, or or the you know or the coaching decision would have been made ahead of a GM decision. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of thing, that kind of issue can be forced. I, what I really do think was that it had more to do with, more to do with the, the roster and, and how you're, you're shaping the long-term, you know, the long-term uh, succession roster planning over and above, over and above the coaching end. I mean, coaching is certainly a piece of it. Um, that decision potentially could have waited till the, till the end of the season. I, I didn't, I didn't have a sense at any point, even before then, that uh, that Paul Holmgren had any objection to Dave Haxel per se as head coach. So it doesn't surprise me that, that he's there. And I said also, especially because especially because it's a it's a decision that the GM makes. The GM almost always selects his own guy, you know. And whether 
And whether that is Dave Haxel, which could, could still be the case, you know, they, there could be an evaluation period for the rest of this year and the Flyers have a big second half and win around the playoffs and the, you know, and the general manager decides, okay, well, this is a guy we can go with going forward. I'm, ha- you know, I'm happy. I'm comfortable with him. You know, uh, Homer just left that decision to whoever will, will succeed Texas head coach. So it doesn't really surprise me that that conversation didn't come up because I think that, um, you know, I think there were, there were other issues that were at play. Um, you know, I, I think that for the most part, most NHL teams play with a certain amount of structure. You know, uh, a lot of head coaches tend to prefer veteran types and, and breaking young players in a certain way. Then I understand that gets frustrating. You know, I mean, every coach has has its differences, and every system has its differences. But I, you know, but I think for the most part, um, you know, the, the way the Flyers are coached is pretty typical. The way coaches or te- teams are coached around the league. And I don't think that that per se was was ever the issue, and that's what, what you know Homer said. So that didn't really that did not really surprise me, you know, to answer the question. But uh, you know, but just the nature of the business is such that uh, whoever the next GM is, like I said, is going to get the say in who the coach is. And you know, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. When you change GMs, uh, you know, the guy who the previous GM brought in. Uh, his his job you know his job security is not what it was you know a couple of days ago and that's just that's just par for the course. So again, before we move on to uh, what the Flyers have coming up this week, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on what we might see moving forward here? Uh, obviously, now we've got uh, at least a, a little bit of a interim situation going on. Uh, Paul Holmgren did tell some of the reporters off stage today that uh, you know there was no official naming of interim GM, but that uh, hockey decisions are going to come to him for the time being. If he sees something that will help the team, uh, that he would do it. What are some things we might see uh, try to be shorn up here with this team uh, in the uh, relatively short term? Yeah, if there, you know, I think that if there's a a decision that has to be made before then, I mean, a big part of it is going to be the goaltending side of it. Um, if, if something happens on that front, if Brian Elliott were to get hurt again, you know, uh, if Michael Neuwirth once again goes down, I mean, these are, these are all viable, you know, potential situations. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, it's a little unfair to lean very heavily on Anthony Stolarz after missing a whole year and having only – this is tonight's, – tonight's start against Ottawa is only the second start of the season. He only started one game with the Phantoms, two relief appearances, and then the one – Relief appearance with the Flyers. That's that's a hard situation to put Stoli into, you know, um, or to call Alex Lyon up and ask him to do it. And I mean, Cal Pickard is, uh, you know, the, he's given the Flyers a, a couple of good starts, but but you know, his bottom line numbers are not very good, you know. And and it would be a little hard to roll with him game after game. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw Cal at his best on Friday and and had not such a good game on on Saturday along with. The team as a whole, but you know, I, I think that that's uh, that's something where you know the Flyers end up in, in a in a pat, in a patchwork situation before you know ongoing at an ongoing basis before another general manager is in place. That might be something that you might see, you know, uh, a move made. Um, at least uh, you know, at least maybe maybe a rental type. I don't know, but I but I do think that that's an issue that uh, is going to be one of the first things that, that's addressed because. Uh, you know, and Homer said today that he was essentially on the same page as, as Ron Hexall in terms of Carter Hart needing AHL seasoning. Um, now, whether that's for 
the rest of the season it comes up at some point this season or the, that's next season I don't know you know I don't think I don't think um, you know I don't think anybody really knows that at this point but I do think that that's uh, that's paramount because you know goaltending can either hide a lot of flaws or it can expose every one of them so I do think that uh, you know I think that if something were to happen it might be on that side. So the Flyers now will head into what is really kind of a strange portion of the schedule here, coming off a three and four that uh, couldn't have been a tale of different games. Uh, you start with the, the Buffalo game where the whole team was uh, just uh, off their game, coming back for the Rangers game where everything was executed almost to perfection, and then uh, you go back to Toronto and it's uh, another uh, subpar effort, but uh, you know from what it looked like anyway, it seemed at least to be uh, – partially precipitated by a, a very off night for, for Cal Pickard, who, to me anyway, looked like it might have just psyched himself out a little bit going back to Toronto, where he won a Calder Cup last year in that city with the organization, but only got to play one game for the Maple Leafs. And now you've got tonight's game and then you know a bunch more time off, Saturday's game, a bunch more time off, and the Flyers are back here next Thursday. Uh, how, how does that affect the whole thing with this time off and uh, you know, how do the Flyers come off this game against Toronto, first of all? And, uh, you know, what are some of the things they can do with this uh, quiet part of their schedule? Well, I, I think that um, when, when the Flyers went on that um, 5-0-1 run, you know, one of the things they did, they did really well. They tightened up their 5-on-5 five five play a lot, you know, and they, they had better starts in games. And you do that and you make life a, lot, a whole lot easier on yourself. You know, I think that those will be – things that they focus on kind of circling the wagons within those, those three games, as you were saying last week, they, they couldn't have been more different from one another. You know, they, in the Buffalo game, they, the Flyers played just, just an atrocious first period. And also, you know, also it didn't help that Alex Lyon was struggling in goal that night too, you know, as, as Cal Pickard was on, on Saturday. But I mean, the Flyers were in a four, nothing hole. And then I thought over the final 40 minutes, Flyers got two of them back, and, and they had any number of chances to get back within a goal. Um, you know, they were victimized by some good saves, but they also missed the net a few times, got blocked when they had looks, those kind of things. But, you know, I thought I thought that it picked up as the game went along, but the, the hole was too deep to start with. As you, as you said on uh, on Friday, on Black Friday game against the Rangers, I mean, the Rangers didn't play a very good game, but, uh, but credits to the Flyers for playing almost a perfect game. Um, you know, I, I think Pickard only had – two really tough saves to make, and one of which was a really tough one in the third period winning one to nothing. You know, make, that one goes in, and then maybe the rest of that game goes differently. But, I mean, the Flyers played very well, pulled away. And then, you know, then you said, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with what happened on Saturday. You know, I think that the Flyers had a couple of days here to, to prepare for this game. They're getting an opponent in Ottawa who, who are themselves in a, in a very, you know, mixed-up kind of situation, you might say. They're giving... They're, they're hemorrhaging goals against. So and for, for the Flyers, it's been very feast or famine offensively. Um, they, I, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but I, you know, the Flyers, I think, have scored four goals or more in ten of the games this season. But they've also been shut out a few times, been held to the one goal. I, I think they've what, already four times shut out, um, held to one goal a couple times beyond that. So it's been either, you know, it's been either the goals are coming by the bushels or they're not coming at all. And that has to that has to stabilize. And then, to me, a lot of that starts with when the Flyers score fairly early, they seem to relax a little bit, and you know things kind of click in place over and above just scoring first in a game. But I think that uh, you know, but I think coming out ready to play, having good first periods, and just 
you know, just just systems work. You know, I think that in all these days, in all these days to, uh, uh, of practice of opportunity that they'll have, I think it's important to double down on some of the special team stuff and, you know, and, and five on five play too. I mean, all of that has room to improve. So the, the days of practice can be a very positive thing. Well, we will see where it goes here over this uh, coming week and what happens with this organization as a whole. We do have time for a quick check with the Phantoms and, uh, Perhaps lost in the news of everything going on here in Philadelphia was the unfortunate uh, loss of Garman Rubsoft injury here for the rest of the season with a shoulder problem. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and a general uh, update on what's going on uh, in, in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, it's a re- it was a real shame with Garmon. He, uh, well, I mean, technically played 14 games this year, but there was a, a previous one he left with a lower body injury, and this injury happened in the uh, – in the first period. So he really played 12. He really had 10 points in, in 12 games, if you, you know. And uh, But beyond just the points he was posting, uh, Garman was killing penalties. He was, uh, you know, playing in every game situation, uh, making plays, showing some confidence in, uh, around the net. I mean, really making a much quicker transition than, everybody, than anybody really thought he was going to, at least on the offensive side of the puck. And I um, mean, the, the play in question was a very routine-looking hit. I mean, he was you know, taken into the end boards, and um, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know whether they, I don't know the kind of glass they have there, but it looked like the kind of separated shoulders you would see when the, you know, when everybody had that that seamless glass. It, it had no give, and he was immediately, he immediately went off the ice in a lot of distress. So it didn't look good for starters. So it's a, you know, that's a, that's a real shame. He was having a tremendous season, and. Uh, you know, now he has to focus on, on getting ready for next season. Um, I, I think the last two games from the Phantoms, the Phantoms' overall record is decent, but they've been a little bit up and down on their play. And I think uh, I think this past weekend showed that. On, on Friday, I thought they played an outstanding game against Hershey. Um, Carter Hart, I, th- I thought, had you know possibly his best start of the season, at least one of his two best starts of the season. And I uh, made a huge breakaway save in the third period when the Phantoms were – protecting a one goal lead and you know everything kind of seemed to be clicking in on on saturday they go out against a uh, struggling providence team and you know, the game is 67 seconds old and the phantoms already have a two nothing lead and you think they're shaping up pretty well and then after that really you know the phantoms will play well very well the rest of the night and you know carter didn't have his best game uh, which you know i i, I think that especially in the, a quarter of a season for a 20 year old rookie goalie all of that is to be expected uh if if that goes on all season, then uh, you know, then it's not a great rookie season. But I, I expect that Carter will continue to improve, and you'll see more games like Friday's game than than Saturday's. But I think the Phantoms as a team need to hit a, a higher level of consistency, game in and game out, period in and period out, than they, they've had. But they're not they're not in bad shape overall. I mean, they're in a they're in a tough division, and uh, you know, I think that their their overall start is decent, but there's room there's room to improve. All right, Bill. Well, that'll about do it, I think, for this week. Thanks for joining us here, and we'll uh, see what happens over the next uh, few days here with the Flyers organization in general, and uh, we'll discuss it as it comes our way. But, uh, you know, we're uh, certainly going to have a few uh, interesting days here, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Never a dull moment. (laughs) All right. Well, we thank you all again for dropping in for this edition of Flyer Buzz. We will, of course, keep you up to speed here on Flyers Radio 24-7 on everything going on with the Philadelphia Flyers organization here over whether it's next days, weeks, uh, what have you. And, of course, we'll uh, 
you know, continue to uh, bring you live coverage as we can of any sort of announcements, anything like that. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining us this morning for the press conference. For those of you who are along for that, you can follow us on Twitter at Flyers Radio 24-7. That is the best way to find out uh, when we're going to be doing that sort of thing with the live broadcasts of uh, anything that goes on here in this uh, new search for a new general manager for the organization. And we will, uh, of course, uh, you know, give you as much notice as we can, but uh, that's a good way to figure out where we're going to be going here uh, on Flyers Radio 24-7 is to just follow us on Twitter, again, at Flyers Radio 24-7. Thanks again for joining us. We will be talking to you in the next few days here on Flyer Buzz and Flyers Radio 24-7. The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at FlyersRadio247.com.